How we doing, everybody? Tim from Ski Rex Media coming at you once again for a brand new Ski Rex Media podcast. And this week we have a brand new guest. Or do we? Did you really pay attention to the title of this one? Did you really pay attention to the thumbnail in this one? You know, for the episode, not the pictures, but the words, the name. You saw that today's guest is Tim Meyer, and technically the last two episodes were solos, so wouldn't that be Tim Meyer? But there is a second person here, and my name being Tim Meyer will become relevant as the the, uh, episode goes on. Oh, yes. Now you get to sit for a few minutes and wonder, am I just putting my own name as an interview just just to express some more of my narcissism? Or is there someone else here? And some of you already may know the answer to that. Some of you may not. But in any case, happy St. Patrick's Day. I know it's been several days since St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day was last Friday. No matter if you are listening to this early access ad-free on Patreon or you listen to the general audience um publication on Wednesday. Either way, last Friday was St. Patrick's Day. So happy St. Patrick's Day, and I hope you celebrated safely. I hope you got turns in somewhere. Um, the All of New England is open. Most of New England is open. Not everything. I mean, obviously, there are places in New England that did have to close before this storm and didn't get this storm, but we all got the storm around here, man. Let me tell you, I was working um, at Whaleback, one of my very, very last lifty shift for at Whale, lifty shift at Whaleback this season, and you know, real quick, thank you to Whaleback for the opportunity. It was a lot of fun. Um, that was all Alex who got me in on that one, and I saw John quite a bit while I was there, and I met all their lifties. And shout out to Scott, who you know is their lifty supervisor, and he taught me all kinds of stuff about lifting and everything. And it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a good job. It got a little stressful. Got a little weird. But I am going to exploit it. So thank you to Whaleback uh, for the for the opportunity to be a lifty for this season. But I, as I was saying, I was there and it was snowing and it was snowing and it was snowing and it kept snowing and it kept snowing. Now, they got that when I left that day, I think they were around a foot, just a foot. But it kept snowing, and it was some treacherous for me getting home. It took me like 45 minutes to get home. Well, a drive that usually takes me 15 took me like 45 minutes to get home. That's how treacherous it was out. That's how much snow was falling. It was everywhere. But people were braving it to get that freshy fresh powder, man, and it didn't stop. It continued into Wednesday. It snowed most of the day Wednesday, and then I went skiing there on Thursday at around 2.30. That means they had been open for about a half hour, and it was snowing when I got there. I don't know if it continued to snow Tuesday into Wednesday into Thursday, but it was still snowing, and the mountain is 100%, and it's nice. It's a nice 100% anything you want. In fact, before I say anything you want, let's go into where I usually say anything you want about Whaleback Mountain, man. Whaleback Mountain, exit 16 off of I-89 in Enfield, New Hampshire. They have everything you want for skiing. Do you want easy trails that are nice and groomed up? They have them. Do you you want something a little more difficult that's completely natural no snow making no grooming they have that too i like to call those trails on the mountain cardio areas because you need cardio because you actually have to ski and then your lungs get nice and winded at least i do so make sure you're working on your cardio throughout the season kids head on over to whaleback they have all of that they have the easy they have the harder they have the trees they have a 
very nice terrain park. I've been hearing some good things about their terrain park this season. They have been doing well and wonderful and have gotten a little bit of a boost. And it's even though you're going to miss it if you're out there tonight, they're having St. Patrick's Day fun. And by the end of March, they're going to be into pond skimming just like everybody else. It's a great, great mountain. And I think you would enjoy it for all the activities they have, plus all the skiing they have. Plus, they can teach you to do it. Plus, they can rent you gear. Plus, they have the lodge. They have the lip. Whatever you want, whatever you need. Easy to get to with a great price with a $50 ticket on the weekends. $40 during the week, if I'm not mistaken. Whaleback Mountain is awesome. Highly recommended my home mountain. I am a pass holder. I was a lifty, and I think everybody should try it out. Visit it when you can. Whaleback Mountain. Ski it to believe it. And if you need a set of sticks or a ski board, ski board? Or ski boards, too. Or a snowboard. And you need something new and you want to be custom. Custom length, custom width, custom graphics, custom whatever you need. An embedded um, NFC label something anything saint skis ain't custom skis and snowboards in gorham new hampshire saint skis they can put together whatever you want like i said if you want something of a specific length they'll do it with they'll do it graphics they'll do it even if they're swear words and naughty pictures they will do it if you want something custom Head on over to their website, saintskis.com, also linked in the description, and then give them a contact, give them a shout-out, give them a call, give them an email, whatever it is, and they will get it done for you. They will help you get that done. I will be riding a pair of Saint Skis myself, and that's going to be awesome, and I can't wait because we're going to make skiing metal again. Saint Skis and Snowboard, Saint Custom Skis and Snowboard, saintskis.com. In Gorham, New Hampshire, check them out. So now that I'm through the reads, let's talk about the bit that we're doing here today, the bit that has people wondering, at least I really hope they will be wondering if my narcissism has reached a whole new level and I put in the title of the episode that I am interviewing myself. Is that what's going on here? Do you, I know you want to know. Have I actually flipped that switch? Have I actually gone that far? Of course I haven't gone that far. It's just a bit. And you know what? We're going to get into it. So without further ado, let's uh, bring on this week's guest. Um, I certainly hope, I hope that seeing the title of this podcast and the thumbnail confused every single honest listener that I have and say, why are you interviewing yourself and what's a Cabaret Peaks? And I have to thank Stuart Winchester for this bit because he did it to me. We were at uh, Gunstock at, for the uh, for the uh, media event that was there that one day. We were both there. He walks up. He shows me this phone of his Storm Skiing Podcast and Journal episode, the pod, or Journal and Podcast, podcast number 50, um, and with the guest, Tim Meyer. And I was like, wait, what? We didn't do this. I don't remember this. And what's a Cabaret Peaks? And he's like, it's not you, dude. It's someone else the same name. So let's welcome Tim Meyer from Michigan. How you doing, sir? Good. Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for doing this, dude. Because as I was just saying before we started recording, I am interested in the Michigan ski culture until I find a better word than culture. Uh, we, I was just saying, we talked to Tim Smith at Waterville Valley. He's from Michigan, says it's it's a wonderful thing. He was the one who told me that Michigan has the second most ski areas in the country in the u.s which i love that stat uh that one in new york state because everybody immediately goes to the rockies like do you all wear that with pride you that, that work on the industry up there yeah we sure do yeah we've got a lot of skiers it's a big industry in michigan 
I've heard it is very big out there. I heard it is a diehard culture. It is, you know, it's not the highest of the high for mountains, but that's okay. You all still get out there and you still love it. Yeah, and we are a big feeder for the western resorts and the eastern resorts. So people will start skiing at places like Cabaret Bay and even some of the smaller hills down by the cities, and they fall in love and they buy passes and they buy equipment and they become um, lifelong skiers, but they still take that trip, you know, every week or every week, every year for a week out to Colorado or Utah or Canada or to Vermont or New Hampshire um, or New York, you know, and so we feed, we feed the big resorts. Awesome. You, it sounds, they need, they need us. No, totally. Uh, 100%. And we thank you for it, man. Like there's no joke. We, we, we love it here in new England too. And you know, we'll sit out in the parking lot after a day, all day, just swapping stories. In fact, I was recently talking about how, Skiing is a social sport. We all know that, but it is a storyteller sport, man. You cannot go more than five feet without hearing a story from someone. And that's what we're here to talk about today, in a way, is Michigan stories. Now, let's start off with Caberfay Peaks. Now, I'm coming at this from someone who, A, has the memory of a goldfish, and B, uh, will openly admit I don't know the name and the location and everything of every single ski area and resort in the U.S. or the world. And I and I, I expect and I'm impressed by those who can look at a blank trail map and say, that's this, that's that, that's this. I was like, I can't even do that with my home mountain. And I'm there two, three times a week. So it's it's rough. So let's talk about Caberfay Peaks. What is it? Where is it? And what do you do there? Uh, Caberfay Peaks is located... Uh... 12 miles west of Cadillac, Michigan, in the okay. lower peninsula. We are 100 miles straight north of Grand Rapids. Okay. We're, we're about uh, two hours south of the Mackinac Bridge. So we're, we're what we call, they call it northern, northern lower Michigan. Okay. And then we are like, we are, there's, there's six major uh, lower peninsula ski areas, and we are the southernmost of those six. Okay. So... There's there's others as well, but there's like the major you know, kind of the major players, the six of us, in the lower peninsula. Sure. And uh, so, you know, it's there's uh, and and I am the mountain operations manager. Okay. So I take care of the lifts, snowmaking, grooming, uh, ski patrol, and everything on the hill. Awesome. So operations, that's going to be awesome because I'm going to ask you a few things about the history too. And because what I have here is uh Stuart's store Winchester's written part and a, and it's going to be interesting. I think from an operations standpoint, the, a picture he put in the written article from 1980, where this, your hill was all surface lifts and then it's grown from there. So have you been there long enough to see that? So it, you know, this place opened in 1938, sure. and uh, that was a little bit before my time, <laughs> but uh, it, it had, like in its heyday, it had, um, there was a time, I mean, the, the, the number of tow ropes that it had at one, at any given time, we're not really sure, we're trying to, we tried to piece it together, but um, anywhere from 16 to 20 rope toes actually all existed at the same time, and there were six T-bars. And then, um, and then two double chairlifts were added, uh, in the late sixties. 
Okay. Two hall doubles. And then it kind of, and then it, and then that's what it looked like when, so it was two hall double chairlifts, six T bars, and about, uh, probably about a dozen working rope toes when I first came here in the early 80s as a kid. Sure. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, <laughs> I, it's hard to picture. I don't know, and, and you could correct me if I'm wrong. Again, I haven't been anywhere. We're going at this like I don't know what I'm talking about, which is pretty accurate anyway. Um, that many surface lifts, like surface lifts seem to be taking over the years have gone down in number nationally, I think. Is 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 that about accurate? Yeah, yes, I think it is. The uh, Especially like T-bars, they still, you can still, they still put them in. A lot of times they use them where wind is an issue. Sure. Um, you know, it's, it, uh, they, they do have their place, but most people don't want to ride a surface lift. They want to sit on a chair. You know, that's just so much more comfortable. It, it can be. Um, I don't know, man. And, and that's one of the reasons I brought it up. And from an operation standpoint, do you think you could, and again, I, I, I all the like lengths of run, um, vertical, all this other stuff aside, what do you think it would be like to run a hill with that much surface lift and a couple chairs versus what you have now? Uh, I, you know, I just can't even imagine logistics of trying to get lift operators. This the ridge that was Cabrera at one sure. time was really long, so the expanse was huge. So I can't even imagine that was before they had, you know, snowmobiles or reliable snowmobiles, or maybe they had one snowmobile for the whole ski resort. The lift operators must have had to walk. You know, they must have had to walk. Sure. To, to, they would just had people spread all over the place. I can't. I can't even imagine trying to patrol that, trying to staff <laughs> that. Uh, I think it would be a lot. <laughs> I can only imagine. Now, I, I've been doing uh, some lifty work over here at Whaleback, and just over the river in New Hampshire, uh, and I've gotten to do the T-bar myself. They have one. That's where I finally got it, where I could ride it consistently without going down. Uh, took me a long time, and uh, it is one of the most, not hated, lifts, but it is difficult. Snowboarders have extra t uh, trouble on them. Kids who are really small, who don't weigh anything, have trouble on it. All kinds of different stuff, and it just can cause so much havoc um, and a rope toe similar. I, I like you said. I can't imagine the logistics of it. I can't imagine patrolling it. I can't imagine the pileups, and yet they were doing it back in the day. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah they were. Yep. They, that, uh, that that now part of what I wanted to ask you, and again, I'm not I'm not big into stereotypes, but people say that the Michigan ski culture, and again, I use culture loosely until I can come up with a better word. Um, but that's a whole other podcast to explain that. That's a whole other thing, but. Um, it, it, the, the Michigan ski culture is hard earned, like tough, like, I don't know. I, I, I can't even really put a good set of word to it, but do, do you know what I mean? Do you know what I'm trying to say? I hope. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I see and talk to people every single day who, you know, most of them come from the city. So Grand Rapids, Kalamazoo, Detroit, Northern Indiana, like Fort Wayne. So you got tons and tons of guy, uh, people who work downstate and this is their passion, right? So this is what, what they want to do with their, this, is what they spend their, their, uh, recreation money on. And this is what they do. And they live for it. Just like 
I lived in uh, Winter Park, Colorado for 10 years. Sure. So I worked for Winter Park Resort, lived the Western life. It's the, the mentality of the skiers is the same. Okay. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter, you know, what your, what your topography looks like. If you've got a hill with snow on it, the passion's the same. Absolutely. We, uh, we here in New England believe the same thing. And, and that's what I try to say. I like, yeah, every, you know, every area of the country and the world might have a little, little things, little itty bitty, whatever it is. But generally speaking, we're all the same. Like, it's just, did you learn in New England? So you ski ice. Did you learn in the West? So you ski powder. Did you learn in Michigan and ski? God, I'm not even sure what you guys would have out there. We, we have to make our own. So we're, we are really good at making snow. So we sure. have some of the, you know, some of the most sophisticated snowmaking systems in the country are in the Midwest. Okay. You know, and, and so we've got, you know, for, for our hill, we have about 200 acres we make snow on and we, we can pump 3000 gallons of water a minute up the hill. All right. And, uh, we have over 150, uh, guns on tower or snowmaking machines on towers scattered throughout our hill hmm. um so we're, we're we make our own and we've gotten pretty good at it so we make pretty good quality snow so our snow that we're skiing on is typically um hmm. you know it's it's pretty good as long as the temperatures stay cold and sure. get a little bit of help from mother nature to freshen the surface but we do a lot of grooming and yeah it's just pretty good snow it used to be though when we were making snow in the eighties, it wasn't very good. It was icy, had chicken heads. It was, um, there's a, it was, it was pretty crappy, but we're yeah. pretty good at it now. That's so. fair enough, man. Well, that, that's actually interesting because I have been to Michigan, but it was like a half mile to a mile over the border from Indiana. That's it. <laughs> like that, that's what, that's what we were. And so I've never experienced it. So when you say you make your own, are you guys running like the m majority of your snow is machine made or is it like a 70, 30 no. blend? No, it's, it's the majority is machine made. So we don't interesting have, where we, where we are, we average about 150 inches of snow a year. Okay. Um, but it, it doesn't always stay. It doesn't consistently stay. So we'll have, we ride, you know, these, these weather roller coasters you might have snow on the ground for three weeks and then you have a couple of days of 40 degrees of rain and it wipes it out the natural i'm talking about sure but sure the, the man we have will make quite a base of man-made snow usually four to six feet over everything and then that will hold up uh, yeah. through the warm-ups and then we just have to fix the surface so we'll, we'll run our snow making machines you know after a thaw to uh we call it resurfacing we'll put a new surface <laughs> down and we'll, we can we can have 40 and rain on Wednesday and great winter conditions again on Saturday morning. And people are like, I don't understand how you did this. And, you know, that's, that's what we do. We do it with snowmaking. That's awesome. That's actually very interesting because we do have some decent snowmaking hills out here in New England as well. And again, I'm only using the comparison out there, folks who are listening, because this is what I know. This is all I know. I've skied in New England and the Mid-Atlantic and now in the South. And that's it. Only East. So. We're learning. It's a learning experience, and we're learning. But that winter you just described, having a warm-up, rain, blah, 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 we just went through that, 
And here in February and March, it's now been, you know, a couple nor'easters back to back, tons of snow. We all get to ski until April now when we all thought everything was going to be closed by today. Like that was going to be it. St. Patrick's Day and that's it. Um, now we got it. You know, we got two, three, four feet of snow in some places over a couple storms. And now everybody's back open again. While we do have snow making and do rely on it quite a bit, it's 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 still secondary to the uh, to 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 um, it's still secondary to what's happening. Like we get our snow, that's very interesting to me. Like, what does that pose logistically, operationally? Like, that's that's hard work, man. It is hard. It's really hard. So, you know, we we try to make. Um, we have we do it in two big phases. We have if you look at our trail map, we've got three peaks: East Peak, North Peak, and South Peak. And we make um, trying to make our snow on North Peak and East Peak right away when we can start. Usually in mid-November, we'll start making snow all over those two peaks. Pretty much cover okay. the whole thing in the first phase. Yes, and then and then we get open and we can move over to South Peak and we can run snowmaking all over South Peak and just mop up at night on North Peak. And so, you know, we'll try to, we run our guns about an app at maybe say, uh, like three to 400 hours a year total depends oh, wow. on, depends on the year. Sure. And, uh, and the other thing about the man-made or the, you know, the man-made snow versus the natural snow is the, the, the crystal that we, we make is really small. It's really dense and they tend to bond and pack together. And that's what, you know, gives that snow, the stability and it kind of insulates either insulates itself and it's very weather resistant and huh. and you can you can groom it every day like if you you know natural snow if you ran over it ran over it ran over it you'd, there'd be nothing left sure. it doesn't have the structure and the durability to be groomed over and over and over and over so that man-made snow it you can you can run over it with your tractor night after night after night and still you know make corduroy and have it be decent that's very interesting to me like it's almost like you're making unique snow out there like that's that's us cave caverfay we can bottle it and sell it and trademark it because that's how unique it is and i think i think we do you know we've got mm -hmm. you know big pump house and and um we, we're careful about how we make it. we don't make it too wet we try to make it fairly dry so it's good quality um and i i think I think we make a really good product. I do. And I think the skiers would tell you that. I think if you came here and asked, uh, you know, what's it like here, they would tell you the snow is really consistent. It's really good. And the grooming's really good. And That's people awesome. are super friendly. Yeah. I love that part. <laughs> yeah. So it's the truth. That's who we are. You know what? That's one of the reasons I'm not going to lie about it, that I wanted to try lifty work because I wanted to be the friendly one that everybody wanted to talk to because I live to talk and that's me and whatever. But that's actually still very interesting because, you know, snowmaking is an art. Some people would look at it and say, well, you hook up a fire hose to a, to a nozzle, you know, just like you're hooking up to your house and spray it when it's the right temperature and boom, you have snow. But that, that's, that's, that, that's not even a simplified. That's just wrong. Like you, that's not it. That's not it at all. Excuse me. Um, so it's it, it really I got I want to come check it out now because I don't know you know I really don't know I've heard tell of Michigan having a lot of uh, lake effect kind of like what parts of Western New York as the you know the weather comes off Lake Ontario 
And I didn't know if you were all in that belt or not. We are in a snow belt here. And I think that's why the, that's why this location was chosen back in the late thirties when they cut the first runs, you know, high, it was high, high topography for this part of the world, you know, higher elevations for, for here, um, hilly and right, the right aspects, you know, north, north, northwest facing and, um, and, and the, and a lot of snow We're about, we're probably 30 miles inland from Lake Michigan, which tends to, you know, right in one of those, what they call the snow belt. So we do get sure. lake effect and, and, uh, that's when the lake is warm. Lake Mitchell or Michigan is relatively warm. Sure. And you just get north, wet, north, northwest winds blowing and mm-hmm. it picks up that moisture and then it takes it a little ways inland. So you don't get that right on the lake shore. It goes a little ways inland. Yeah. And it just drops the snow and it, and it, all as it takes is the wind to blow in the lake to be warm. And that will, you can get lake effect turned on and it can stay on for days. And we do get that, especially lake effect is usually a early season thing because then the lake, the Lake Michigan will freeze or part of it will freeze and then you lose that moisture. But, um, and then it's system snow, but it's the, the problem we have is that the, the temperatures don't stay consistent to hold on to that snow. Sure. Some years it does, but like this year's been terrible. This year yeah. <laughs> we've had, you know, a thaw us and then we get a little bit of, we get some snow and we get it all nice. And then we have a thaw and we really never had a true wet, wet winter uh, pattern settle, settle in for this year, but we've still been open since Thanksgiving and we've had good skiing. It's just been a little more of a struggle than normal. <laughs> yeah. That way. And I believe it. the The West was where it was at this year. Um, you know, the Mid Atlantic, they're all closing down on down there already. Um, here in New England, you know, we got our boost, but whatever. But the West, you know, there's still pictures of there coming out. They're still digging chairs out. But you know, even you, you say it was a rough winter, which we all know it was. And you know, you're doing the majority of your stuff man made. And I was just quickly just taking a look at the webcams over there. It looks like. You know, these are live webcams. You almost got like February. It looks like February. Yeah. It, oh, it, it it's good. We got a little snow overnight, and you see today that that there's only one chairlift running. Sure. That? Yeah. That's that's because we're dealing with high winds today. So we've okay. got the two the two triples that you see on the webcam that aren't running normally. They were running earlier. We had to shut them down and and turn sure. the quad on because it handles the wind better. So I just wanted to throw that disclaimer in that normally those lifts are running yeah and that's cool too though because i mean however you get up the hill is how you got to get the hill you know you can't you can't fight the wind but man it it looks it looks fantastic it it is it's good it's good it's good skiing yeah i love i love this one the east peace triple there's just a run of fan guns up the hill it's amazing it's wonderful you're looking at seven SMI Super Bullcats just on that lower part of that hill. Yeah. And so that's why I tell you we have a lot of firepower out there. We've got a lot, of, you know. And in order to run all that, we got a big electrical grid all in, you know, all buried in the ground, huge network of pipes. Um, yeah. So it's a, and, and that's what we do in the summers. We put in more snowmaking. You know, we put in the electrical, we put in the pipe. Um, you know, we do all the work ourselves. We fabricate the tower. Yeah, uh, and the deck, and then we buy the the gun and the compressor from SMI in Midland, Michigan, and uh, put it all together. And, yeah, we do more. We do a little bit every year. Nice. So, are you up to a hundred percent coverage yet, or no? Yeah we we have uh, we have um, towers. 
over about 90% of our trails. So there are still some trails, a few trails that just rely on natural snow. If you look at our trail map, there's an area called the back country. Sure. That, do- that doesn't have snow making. That's all natural snow. Okay. But it faces north and it holds its snow pretty good. Awesome. There's a off of South Peak, there's an area called Stag's Head Bowl. That's all natural snow. Um, there's a few runs like I-75 and South Peak Trail that are all natural snow. So they open and close throughout the year. But the rest of it, we make mm. snow on everywhere. Wow. And there's, and there's fan tower. There's fan guns on towers basically everywhere. On That's amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't mean to harp on snowmaking so much, but you have such a great system. And it looks like y'all know how to run it, which is, you know, it, it's like any other tool. You can have the best tool in the business, but if the person running it doesn't know how to use it, then it then it's meaningless. Who cares? Yeah. You all know what you're doing. Now, I, you know what? Let's try and get away from it. I'll try. I promise I'm going to try and get away from snowmaking. But I'm fascinated by it because it is an art form. But Caberfay Peaks out there, you said two hours south of the Mackinac Bridge. Now, I know where that is. I've never been there, but I do know where that is. I know Mackinac City's right there. I know, uh, I think it's Mackinac Island is right off of that where there's no cars. Um, so that does put you, south, being south of all that, that actually does put you not necessarily a great location for weather, but a great location for visitors. Like, again, my the geography off the top of my head, it, it looks like people can get there from anywhere. Like you're just in a great spot. We are. Uh, US 131 comes up from from Kalamazoo through Grand Rapids and right uh, right through Cadillac, and so it's it's expressway, 75 mile an hour speed limit. Get off, uh, get off at Cadillac, and then you're 12, you know, 15 minutes. You're in our parking lot, so you nice. can come out of you can come out of downtown Grand Rapids and have your skis on in an hour and a half. That's so awesome. That's, it's pretty cool, you know, and, and the Grand Rapids metropolitan area is probably a million people down there. So that's our biggest, that's our biggest draw is that. Um, but we we do pull people out of everywhere. There's uh, bring people out of Lansing. We bring people out of the Midland Bay City Saginaw area, out of Detroit. Um, okay, they come they come from everywhere, you know. Nice. Now, are you? Size wise, you said there's about six majors in your area. Are you all the top or? Is there just, is everybody about the same or we're all we're all in the range of um the like three hundred and fifty to five hundred vertical feet. So we're at four eighty five at Capper Bay. Okay. Uh, the highest hills north of us are like just over five hundred. All right. Uh, some of them are uh three fifty, you know. So it uh even three hundred, I think, uh, one of them. So um we don't have a lot of vertical. Yeah. But but it it's all right. It's enough. And, and it's still a hill. Um, and we have good lifts, modern lifts, modern equipment. And, uh, still is skiing. It's just a little bit different than what you're used to. You guys have a pretty good out there and you're in New Hampshire, correct? Uh, Vermont, but I'm right. Oh, I'm on the Vermont. border. I'm on the border, okay, but so I'm on the Vermont you, side. Yeah. Vermont is awesome. I mean, we, yeah. you know, I drive, I've we've driven out there, my family and skied at JP can smugglers nice. notch. And okay. That's phenomenal out there. I would love to have those big mountains. We don't have that, but sure, it's still skiing and, and it's great. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. I, I, I frequent places that are under a thousand vertical. I, I, I am a, I'm a firm supporter of the Indy Pass. Shout out to them and their new owner. Shout out to Doug. You know, he knows I love him a ton. I love the Indy Pass. I love Whaleback out here. It tops at six hundred and change, seven hundred feet. 
you know, so it's vert is not a lot, but it's got it's got a lot of character. Now, does could your mountain be described as the same? Like just because you don't have a lot of vert doesn't mean you don't have um like uh um challenging runs or fast runs or you know, you got your you got your groomers. You said you have some ungroomed stuff. Like your mountain still has the character, it still has everything you can look for, I assume. Oh yeah, it does. It does. It has everything and and so we have we have really good terrain for intermediate skiers when you're like a that you know adva- that advanced beginner through hmm. advanced intermediate we're really good we have a lot of long cruiser stuff but then over on south peak we've got some nice steeps for the experts sure. and good beginner area on green mountain for the where the conveyor is to start out and then we've got like the all the the natural stuff right so you get yeah. that you get the you get the condi- the conditions Mother Nature gives you, so there's a little bit of everything, and then, you know, we're not the f- we're not flashy at Camper Face, so we're like the the ski area where everybody's welcome, and yeah. where, you know, Carhartt is more fashionable than uh, than than I don't even know what people are wearing Spider, you know, it's, yeah, yeah, you'd, wait, you'd be more at home here in Carhartts than you would be, and uh, <laughs> so, and and we accept everybody, you know, one of the sure. things that we have at at Cabaret that that's probably as good as for this as anybody and that I've ever seen anywhere in the country is um the facility we have for people that bring their own lunch we have a, a whole building a whole lodge called the sky view 6,000 okay. square feet it's got three gas fireplaces Adirondack chairs um picnic tables all over inside uh there's cubbies tons and tons of cubbies for people to put their stuff there's uh, power strips all along the top of the cubbies for crock pots. There's a huge oh. tub sink for washing your crock pot, a water bottle filler, microwaves. Like it is, and you can you can drive right up to it, unload your car, park your car. There's a ticket booth right next door. Um, so it's pretty nice. Like if you're if you bring your own food, not only do we welcome you, we give you a really great place to to be so that's that's really cool and that's really unique and that kind of gives i'm only telling you that because that gives you an idea what this place is like yeah and i love that you did because i know several people who listen to this show to, to the skier xp podcast you just sold them on the place because that is more um you know obviously way more convenient um over the past few years um especially for the bigger corporate run places food has been a big talk in that you know it's now three piece chicken fingers and fries is $25 and people are like what, 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 what is that you know so that and then during um during the pandemic people you know couldn't go in the lodge anyway so tailgating came back in a big way and I was going to ask if that was part of your hill if you all still do that still allow it don't allow it because that also kind of speaks to the type of mountain you are you know are but you set up an entire lodge for those who are just coming and moving in. Like it really is very homey, very not just convenient, but um, what's the word I'm trying to think of? I don't know, but people know what I'm trying to say. You really do like and love your guests. It would seem. Yeah, absolutely. And try to make it um, good for them. And so, you know, we're also known for our value. You know, our pricing is, is competitive. We're below, you know, our day ticket prices are below all our competitors and our, we have really, um, 
really good early season, season pass deals. And so we try to make it affordable. Like we try to make it so that, you know, like uh, a person who's a working, working guy or uh, family in, in Michigan can buy passes and, and get their kids up here and teach them how to ski and, and enjoy it, you know, and just be part of the family. So that's, that's our, that's what we're, that's our mission. Yes. And that actually is another reason, you know, Stuart and I were joking about how Tim and I have the same first and last name, but, um, not related, mind you, that I'm aware of, you never know. Um, but he said, you know, Cabaret Peaks was going to be right up my alley because these are the places I frequent. Again, I brought up the Indie Pass because a lot of places on the Indie Pass aren't like for New Englanders, Killington, you know, corporate owned, big hundred plus dollar day ticket, $150 on some days, I think. And now there's places out there that are running 250 and more. You know, I, I, I hang out a whale back. I live 15 minutes away. Their most expensive ticket on a Saturday is 50 bucks. Like you can't beat that. Well, you can, but it's not easy. Um, you know, their, their pass, I bought my pass for two bills. Like it's not a lot. They still make skiing accessible. They still do it for the community. They do it for the little guy. And that's what you guys seem to be doing up there. And again, I bring up the Indy pass, not because Cabernet Peaks is not on it, but you are independent. No, we're on it. Oh, you are on we're it. We're on the, yeah. And we were one of the first. We jumped, when Doug okay. uh, launched that thing, we jumped right on it. So we've been on it since the beginning. And okay. uh, so we're, yeah, we're definitely part of it. <laughs> See, I made this joke talking to Doug Fish. I says, Doug, if anybody can come, and this was at the end of last year, like in November. So it's, there was less mountains on it than there are even now and i said if someone could come to me without looking and recite every single mountain that's part of it i'll give them something i can't even do it doug can't even do it <laughs> you know he in fact when we were talking he had it in front of him and i had it in front of me too um so there you go now i have even more reason to come visit you all and i would really like to um how does the indie pass work out for you all did it did it bump you did it at first, it didn't do much, you know. Okay, and we didn't. We didn't, I, I had pretty low expectations when we first did it. I just was like, "Hey, this is cool. Yeah, um, let's just do it." You know what the heck? I mean, this 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 guy, this Doug Fish guy, is pretty cool and seems to have a plan, and and I like him. And and yeah. and uh, let's just be part of this. Like, it'll be cool. Yeah, because you know, it's like we're not icon, we're not epic. We'll just be indie. Sure. And I really didn't have much expectation. I thought. It's like <laughs> we're throwing fifteen hundred bucks away, but let, let's do this. Uh, then it, you know, then then the next year we got we did a little bit more, but this year it's going off. We're getting we're getting a lot of people are buying them, and a lot sure. of people are redeeming them, and so it's been good. It's I would say it's a good now good. It's positive. I'm I'm really glad we're part of it. So. Awesome, and it's getting us some exposure that I don't think we would have gotten otherwise. So we're getting people that have don't usually come here. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've been improving Cabaret, like at, like doing something every year. Sure. A number of years. And, and, you know, we just put a lift in uh, this past summer. So that East Peak lift is brand new. Oh, there you go. So people come here and they're like, whoa, you know, I did, I didn't, I didn't know this place was here. Yeah. I don't know. This is awesome. Yeah. So I think that, I think the Indie Pass is really helping us a lot now. That's awesome. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I respect the Indie Pass, just like you said. Like, there were places on it here that I had never heard of, um, you know, or maybe heard of in blank. Again, don't have the greatest memory in the world and don't know every 
hill in the world, but I've gone to places that are small. And then some people will still say, well, small means like, what, what do they have? It's like, well, they have what the big place has. It's just smaller, but it doesn't mean it's like old shot out running off. You know, it isn't the old time rope toe. That's, you know, someone took their pickup truck, took the rear tire off to run the rope toe, which personally I would love to see, but you know, gas is expensive. So we're not doing that. But, um, you know, you have all the modern equipment. Like, obviously, again, you talked about your snowmaking. It's right there on the webcam. It is modern guns. Like, that stuff can pump snow. You have a brand new lift. I'm sure your lodge is beautiful. I haven't looked at pictures of your lodge and stuff yet, but you're keeping up. You're keeping modern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we we are. We put everything we make back into this place. And Good and good, good. do the work ourselves with our crew and uh, try to you know just try to make it better every year. So it's we got a kind of a cool thing going on going on here at Camp Bay. It's a cool vibe, um, and we're putting it all back in and making it better. And uh, so it's good. It's really good. You should come and check it out. Oh, I highly recommend it. Dude, 100% sold. Like I, I have a few things I want to get done next year because I didn't get them done this year. Hey, man, that's illness and injury. That's skiing. That's right. You get hurt. Uh, but I want to go to Michigan. Now, most people, when they talk Michigan, they talk, what is that, Bohemia up there? Yeah, and that's cool. That's that, a cool place. I've heard it is. I've looked at their trail map, and I was like, yeah, that might not be for me. Um, that is the, the the easiest trail is a single diamond, I think. And I, I don't know. I'm decent, but. Well, they and they don't do any grooming. They don't mm. make any snow and they don't do any grooming. So as you know from New England, sure. You go to your ski areas, you go to the ski areas and they'll have some trails that they don't groom. Yeah. And you know you know that like eighty percent of the time they're terrible. But on yeah. powder day they're phenomenal, right? Oh so yeah. If you catch you catch it on the right day, it's gonna be great, and most days it's gonna be terrible. Yeah. And and or, that's or fun. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, and I mean, and again, I've been saying like way back, my home mountain right here, pardon my sniffles, every, everybody. Um, but you know, they have a, a fair amount of ungroomed as well. And it turns the greens and the blues to blacks very quickly. If, and you have to not just know how to ski, but have the lung capacity to do it. Cause when you have to like, look, I love cruising groomers. I really do, but it's effortless. You don't have to do much. Once you get into the ungroomed stuff, you're breathing heavy in my lung. <laughs> workout kids that's what i'm telling you cardio and i, I guess like terrible was not the right word it's yeah. challenging right it's yeah. challenging yeah. you gotta know how to ski and yeah. and so when i lived out west in winter park uh, they have tons of trails that are not sure mary jane is bumped central yeah but at 53 like i am now i don't want i don't want that man i want the quarter i'm getting yeah, old slower and <laughs> and uh those those bump days are behind me so and <laughs> i'm spoiled and I'm glad you say it because I'm right there with you, man. I am just good cruising. Sure, I'll dip once in a while for the fun of it. But, yeah, I still at sometimes with the group say, hey, I'm just going to go around this way and I'll meet you down there. You guys go have your fun in the trees. And that's what I do and that's what you do. And that's that's great, though. And, again, people know Bohemia. That's where I was going with this. I lost my train of thought for a second there. Um, that's that's where I was going with this. People know that place, but they're, obviously, if there's the second most ski areas in Michigan, only behind New York, second only to New York State, 
and everybody immediately guesses it's all out west. It's not. There's more skiing in the east than anywhere else in the U.S. and in the Midwest, obviously. Um, but people hear about the one, but you can hit Caverfe before even getting anywhere near that place. So let's just go there, man. Why not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come here. That'd be great. And there's, you know, there's a lot of, in the Lower Peninsula. You know, you got uh, Boyne and Boyne Highlands are big, big dreams. Boyne, Boyne USA is a big conglomerate. They have yep. areas out west, out east, and mm-hmm. and uh, so they've got, you know, they've got um, pretty pretty expansive hills in Michigan, and then and then there's you know there's Crystal Mountain, Chapper sure. Fay, Shanty Creek, just Shanty Creek. Hmm. Um, those are the big ones. Those are your big players. And no, sure. it's not. You don't want to leave them out. Okay, and, and uh and then there's some other smaller ones that are also you know relevant, mm-hmm. uh, and and it's kind of it's kind of neat. Uh, Caber Fay, Crystal Mountain, Nubs Knob, and Shanty Creek, in an area called Treetops, are all on the Indy Pass. Yeah, so we are. So you've got Boyne and and the Highlands or whatever they're calling themselves these days. They are they are um, part of the icon. And, and so the, the rest of us kind of said, all right, well, we're going to be indie. We're going to gang up on you yeah, and we're going to outnumber you with the indie pass. So it's kind of fun. Just we're, <laughs> we're uh, with, with all the Northern Michigan ski areas and really everybody in the Midwest, we all know each other and we're, we all like each other and, and yeah. are root for each other. So it's all fun. Yes. When I, when I banter and tease them, it's all in good fun. I yeah. would expect them to do the same back. So yeah. Um, you know, we get a lot. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big thing in the area. You know, I mean, there is obviously some competition. It's, it's, it's capitalism. That's what it is. We we're here. We're all here to make money, but we all can get our share if we all play nice. And that's what a lot of people, a lot of, uh, mountain operators from, you know, executive directors, general managers, operations managers, whatever the title may be say, yeah, we want the business too. But we're not trying to put that guy out of business. You know, we're not trying to do that. And we'll help each other out. Um, you know, I've talked to a few people out here, you know, John Hunt at Whaleback, uh, uh, Tim, Tom Day over at um, Gunstock and, and Waterville's Tim Smith. And they, they've all said, you know, if something breaks, we'll call the next place over, see if they have one instead of trying to order it and wait a week for it to get here. And then we'll install it. You know, it's it, it's a it's a big community that's what snow sports is do you agree yeah absolutely and i and i i would same thing you know one of the one of the neighboring resorts calls and something's down or they need something i'm going to try best to help them and get them going again you want them to do well and we really all need each other to do well, right we we sure. want more people to ski and not yeah. one area can handle all the demand so we have to we want more and more people to ski i want to fill all the skiers yeah and uh and and grow the sport that's that's what we have that's what we need to do and when it, and when the winter's good there's there's enough for everybody so there's no reason to to be cutthroat yeah no there's no reason for that and for the uh for the guest i, I have to imagine this is like my thing is i like driving around to other places yeah i'm at whaleback all the time it's right here but and again the beauty of the indie pass there's so many places and like people who live around you who just have so many right next door i have so many right next door and I get to go see all this stuff and, you know, no real competition. Everybody's got, you know, everybody's in it to get their thing. And every place is different. Obviously, you go to Caberfe Peaks, then you go to Nubs Knob, then you go take the drive all the way up to Bohemia. Everybody's different. 
And that's the beauty of having all these places, I think. It's just it's all different, all unique. Yeah, for sure. Yep, they uh, they all have something unique to offer. Excuse me, everyone. I'm coughing and sniffling today. It's awful. Uh, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody's got something unique, and it doesn't have to be big. Now, I was looking at some of your photos here on the website, and it almost looks like you could be like some of the buildings here. I'm not sure which or what, but there's this one building. It, it, it's got a whole bunch of rooms and a pool in front of it. It looks brand new and fancy. Like, yeah, good. That's the that's the McKenzie Lodge. It's actually was built in the late 60s. Sure. And uh, but we've been renovating it slowly over the last 20 years. And so we redid the balconies. We redid the portico. We redid that whole pool area a few years back. Um, like all new concrete, put heat in the concrete so it so you know it doesn't get ice. Sure. Um, and uh, so we've really redone that whole building, the lobby, the bar, um, the rooms have all been redone. And one of the cool things about our lodge, the McKenzie Lodge, is it's it's only has thirty nine rooms. Okay. So those are the oh, that's all we have for bed base. So it's kind of cool if you're staying here because there's not it's not overly jam packed with with people. It's kind of like a little secret society out here in the nice. Manistee National Forest. And we have uh, 39 lockers, and they're all on the first floor. So, okay. I mean, you talk about ski and ski out. That's literally, you open the door and set your skis on the snow, and you, you ski out of there. I mean, you can touch the building. It's that ski in, ski out. That's and awesome. every one of those lockers has boot dryers in it. So you, you, put your, you put your boots on the boot dryer, you put your skis in the locker, you put your flip-flops on, and you go up to your your room i mean it's wow. it's super super cool it's really really convenient and really popular and then bd's bar and grill is right there with you know sports on tv and good food and jessica and steve are behind the bar making everybody feel welcome and it's just a it's really really cool you know it's a really nice place it, it looks it and you know again it speaks to uh, one of the things I try to do is kill the stereotypes. Like just because it's small and out of the way doesn't mean you're not going to get everything you want. That seems like a pretty high end experience, you know, and it looks great. There's an aerial shot that I'm looking at and I'm going to you you got all your buildings look brand new. The place looks brand new. And it, again, speaking to the uniqueness of it to take a step back, there's you know unique as in like what does what is the topography or what is the flora or whatever it's like you have the tops of your peaks are bare there's no trees where are the trees <laughs> yeah so so we we're trying to grow more trees that they we've done some terrain development over the sure. years those are those are built up so that's why they're like that and that and we are getting some trees growing on the sides sure but it's tough man it's tough to get oh totally so you know we're 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 working towards that and, and uh, but that there are more trees on they're smaller but like a lot of them are just buried in the snow because we've got oh, okay. snow made so that's just like white uh just has those trees packed right in you know with, with the like in the they're buried in the snow that's that's interesting but again it speaks to the how every mountain has something unique and man it, just looking at this picture it's almost like it's way more than 500 vertical feet it looks huge and again now going back to having everything you want it looks like you have lights on everything like you all could ski till dawn if you wanted 
Yeah. So we do, we have a big, we do a big night skiing business, uh, in, in the middle of the year, in the winter. So we do, uh, we ski Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. And then we close sure. early Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Okay. Um, and so we have, we have lights on almost everything. It's a couple, the, the, the far side of South peak or to the right, as you're looking at the picture, Sure. That's that half is not lit. We call it the dark side. Okay. And then, uh, and then, uh, funnel cake, which is like the left side of, of the East peak area doesn't have lights, but so we, we do consolidate skiing a little bit, but sure. All the lifts still run at night. Uh, we have plenty of, plenty of terrain. Yeah, man. So it's, it's, it's really, like I said, I, I try to kill it that it's small and out of the way means it's nothing to bother with. This is place looks very fancy, looks fancier than you would expect for being more comfortable in Carhartt. Like we and me and mine, my friends and a lot of my listeners appreciate a place that won't throw you off the mountain for having duct tape fixing the holes in your jacket. And like they embrace it. And we love that. Yeah. Where'd you get that coat? Exactly. That's it. Like, dude, that's that's fashion. Like, dude, that's duct tape because we love that. Um Dude, the place looks fantastic. It's so much more. And I did. I went into this completely cold. Like, I read through Stuart's um, article, and that was great. So, But I paid more attention to the history, and that's more his thing than mine. I mean, I love history, and I love seeing a trail map that has so many surface lifts and two chairs. Like, that's incredible to me. Every trail had its own lift, which... It's interesting for a couple of reasons. One, because you don't see that anymore. And two, like, wow, if you really just wanted to be on one trail all day, that's it. You're just up and down, up and down, up and down. But I came at it cold because I wanted to learn. And I've learned a lot, mostly snowmaking. And with that snowmake, again, go to cabrafaypeaks.com. Look at their photos. All the photos look like, like February here. Like for a majority snowmaking, it doesn't look like it. That list looks like you all get bombed with natural to me. Yeah, it it's so you know we have. I'm looking out the window right now. Mm. We're like a half inch of natural snow on the ground, and so everything else is just man. You just it's man made, and the natural snow for us is like icing on the cake, right? We, yeah, makes everything look nice, but it is we couldn't make a living off of it. That's for sure. Mm. No, that's that's amazing, and. It, the place just looks fantastic 100 percent. even if you don't have an indie pass and you're close by check this out it looks more than worth it to me to take a ride out there like I, i'm looking at a couple more of the photos from the air and there's just snow guns everywhere there's people everywhere looks like you have actually have a fairly good sized parking lot too I, I assume you must need it yeah oh yeah we do we fill it right up on the on the weekend, especially Saturdays and during the holiday periods, we're uh, sure. pretty busy. Pretty busy place, man. Yeah. It it just looks so much bigger than it is, and I assume it skis bigger than it is, like or that it looks like. I mean, you've been out there, I assume, um, and skied it. It's the kind of place you could do in a day, but you get everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's good, and and I mean, it's the kind of place that there's people that you know will bypass and ski here, you know, twenty, thirty times a year, and they love it every time you know so um there's enough for sure to keep you busy for a long long time especially for a day or or two um if you've never been here before because like like the the north peak complex there there's the two the two there's a vista in the quad are right next to each other and they sure 
they service a, a run around the outside called Smiling Irishman, which is a nice big green boulevard. And then that interconnects with a whole bunch of trails underneath. And they're the different uh, run combinations that you can ski. You know, it might take you a day just to do all, try all the different combinations, of the ways that you can put that together. That's and, awesome. Uh, it's really cool. It's really popular. I mean, you've, you, we have tons and tons of people going through there all day long. They love it. And really, people of all levels, you know, you think it'd be just beginners because it's mostly green, but I see people at really good riders, you know, telliers at rip and snowboarders at rip, and they're cruising right down through that stuff, you know, buffet it. So it's, it appeals to everybody. You know? Absolutely. It appeals to me. I'm sold. I want to come visit. I will do that next season because we're going to run out of season quick here, I fear. Um, plus, I'm so busy and behind. Oh, what a mess I am. But. Um, I am 100% sold. I want to load up the Partridge family bus with a bunch of heads and head out. It's not hard to get to. As you said, it's on a main route, 75 miles an hour. That's not hard. It's a day's drive from here. Well, maybe a little more, but I could do it. I'm not worried about that. Very cool, sir. Caberfadepeaks.com, correct? Correct. Awesome. And when you go there, you can do everything that you can do on any snow mountains website. So there you go. Any skills website, go there, check it out, check out the webcams. You'll see the place looks great. Check out the photos again for a place that's majority machine made. It doesn't look like it. And it looks so much bigger and, 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 and just awesome. And I really want to check it out. Thank you, sir. Is there anything I missed that you want to throw out there? No, I, I really appreciate you having me on Tim. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. And, uh, it's kind of an honor for me to be on a, on a, you know, Vermont's kind of one of the, you guys are one of the ski capital <laughs> capitals of the United States. So it's a pretty, pretty big honor for me. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome, sir. And the honor is mine. Again, you hear about stuff, but I didn't even gotten to experience it. Like Vermont, I've been up and down. I can tell you about again, Vermont ski culture in quotes, because I can't get a better word than culture, but you know, we're a little different. Michigan's a little different. And after talking to Tim Smith, how many Tims are there in this business? So many. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And it's we have the name. same last name. It's a great name. Name your kids, Tim. In fact, name their middle name Meyer if your last name isn't Meyer. Just saying. Um, M-E-Y-E-R for those who don't know. Now, but there's so many differences. And again, the uniqueness of the regions, you know, here in New England, we have what we have. And then you can just jump north over the border and you can get up into like Canada and get up into like the Chick Chocks and people see video of that like, oh, that must be the Rockies. Like, nah, dude, that's over here in the east. Like, we have stuff. Um, and then the Midwest, the Rockies, Canadian Rockies, the PNW, whatever it is, the Southern Rockies, Arizona, everybody's different and we love it. And I'm interested in all of it. And like I said, you know, yeah, Vermont, we have our reputation. New Hampshire has their reputation. You know, people love coming here, but I want to go from here to there now. And I want to check that out. So everybody next year, put it on your calendar. We're all heading out to Caberfay Peaks. And if you don't come with me, I will just go on my own. Right, right. Tim Meyer from Caberfay Peaks, sir. Thank you very much for joining in. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it. Thank you. And there he goes. This Tim Meyer from Ski Rex Media has now finished off speaking with Tim Meyer from Caberfay Peaks. And that place does sound kind of awesome. And like I said, it looks awesome too. Caberfaypeaks.com. Go check it out, man. Check out their webcams. Check out their uh, photo gallery like I was saying during the episode, man. It looks fantastic. 
It looks absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to head out there and check it out. I'm sure Tim will welcome this Tim with open arms. And you never know, maybe we'll get another Tim who's not a Tim Meyer to go with us. I don't know. But it does look great. It is an Indy Pass Mountain, so I know a bunch of my listeners are Indy Pass fans and have the Indy Pass. So if you're looking for a place to go that's a little different, that you've never been to, you're looking to take a little bit of a trip, you're looking to head to the state with the second most ski areas in America, in the United States, head out to Caberfate Peaks and check that place out. It sounds cool, and I think Tim did a great job talking about it. But with that, we come to the end of yet another Ski Rex Media podcast, which I did hope you enjoy, and I do hope you enjoyed if I want to say that correctly. If you did, let me know. If you didn't, let me know. Contact at SkiRexMedia.com or you could just go to SkiRexMedia.com. Contact information is there. Or you can go to SkiRex Media's social media pages, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And you can send me a DM from any one of those to send me any questions, comments, concerns, queries, um, podcast ideas, podcast guest ideas. Um, if you want to pitch yourself as a podcast guest, that's fine. You could do that too. It happens from time to time. In fact, we're going to have another um, guest who contacted me first, and that's going to be awesome. Actually, I think it was via Dan Egan, as a matter of fact. I'm pretty sure Egan told this person about me, and then they came to me, and we're going to leave it as a secret until I have done all my research and I have scheduled the recording, and that'll be coming up soon, plus the many, many, many teased, many times teased Teen Tween episode competitive edition for this season is going to get done. I've been trying to get it scheduled and I'm going to end up doing like I did last year and recording each of the kids separately and then putting it together as an episode for you all. And we'll just get that. I would love to have them all talking together, but I don't think I'm going to get it done. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I'm trying. I really am trying. But Either way, please subscribe, follow. That way you'll always know what comes out no matter who the guest is, no matter when I get it done and get the scheduling done. You'll always know if you follow slash subscribe to the Skirex Media Podcast on the Podbean app or your favorite podcasting app or even on YouTube. You can check out YouTube. I've been posting videos to YouTube as well. They're just compilations of stuff I use for social media. So if you're a social media subscriber, maybe you've seen it all or maybe you haven't. And you could just subscribe to the YouTube channel and then you could check out the podcast and you could check out the videos as I put them up. You can also get the podcast. Now, the podcast comes out on Wednesday. You know that. And I had I do ads in that in the Wednesday show. But if you want it ad free, you could head to Patreon. You can find the the Ski Rex Media podcast on Patreon. Tiers start at one dollar. There's free trials for all tiers. For that, some of the stuff that you get are early access to the podcast. You get a whole other podcast, the darker side of Ski Rex Media. You get some other stuff there as well, like behind the scenes or extra audio or other bonus features, or you get some uh, early access to news, you know, of Ski Rex Media. Or if you just want to help kick in a few bucks for the channel, you could do it that way too. The channel, the Ski Rex Media, not just the channel, but Ski Rex Media as a whole. You could head to the Patreon and check that out. Patreon.com slash Ski Rex Media. Also, if you are at Ski Rex Media.com, you can sign up for the um, update newsletter. It's just updates from here. Sometimes it's where I'm skiing. Sometimes it's who's coming up on the podcast. Sometimes it's other things. Um, just to let people know what's going on. You never know what you might see there. You could check that out as well. Right? Right. I think that's everything for 
for today, as I said, happy St. Patrick's Day from a few. We're recording on St. Patrick's Day. I'm recording this right now on St. Patrick's Day. I recorded with Tim on St. Patrick's Day. It's St. Patrick's Day. That's why I said happy St. Patrick's Day at the beginning. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you enjoyed your weekend. I hope you enjoyed the rest of March, and we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening, and I, again, I hope you enjoyed it. And if you didn't, tell me, and if you did, tell me, and follow me everywhere, and subscribe wherever you can, and leave ratings, and tell your friends, right? Right, here's the closing music. I'll see you on the next one. Enjoy your season or what's left of it. If you're in a place that closes for the wind, uh, for the sea- outdoor season, you know what I'm trying to say. I'll see you out there. Here's some metal later. Later.